Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with James Chapman. James is the founder and CEO of Plain Sight, the best way to make connections wherever you go, both online and in person. He has dedicated the bulk of his career creating spaces for ambitious people to thrive and come together. And in 2015, he launched an evening workspace for side hustlers to collaborate, which led to the idea of Plain Sight. In 2017, he started and ran Detroit Demo Day, which has provided over $4 million in funding to small businesses throughout the city of Detroit. The majority have been minority and women-owned James, thanks so much for the work that you do. You're doing amazing things out there in the space of entrepreneurship and connecting people. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it and, and really looking forward to, to having the discussion and, and, and talking about community building and talking about networking and how all of that stuff has changed, man, with, with, with everything that's going on. But, but thanks so much for having me. I appreciate being here. So James, why is networking something that you dig. Why is it something that you are excited about when it comes to business and entrepreneurship? Yeah, I, I think if I look over my my personal career and I, I think of where I am now, um, I'm, I've been able to raise over a million dollars in funding for my business. Uh, we've been named Apple App of the Day. I've got you know a number of other accomplishments that I've been able to achieve. And when I really dig into the details of it, I look at that process and that journey it's because of the meaningful connections that I've been able to make with people along the way. It has very little to do with how smart I am or, or my business acumen or anything of that nature. It really boils down to the relationships that I've been able to build with people. And so as I took a, took a step back and look at that, so statistically, so now we can just talk numbers, right? 85% of open positions are filled through networking. And uh, I used to work in workforce development before I got into business, actually. And I, I remember some of the um, conversations that I would have with employers and, and figuring out and learning that sometimes you, uh, they would rip up resumes and, and not give people callbacks for interviews if they couldn't pronounce their name or if they had had a name that, that sounded uh, like it was from a particular race and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I just realized how broken the process was of networking, but how needed it was as well. Right. And so ever since I've just been kind of obsessed with the uh, with the problem of, of trying to help people find a better way to make meaningful connections uh, without having to have introductions or, or just flat luck. You mentioned you raised over a million dollars for your own business and you leveraged networking as a key way to do that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're an early stage business and you're just going to market, people are betting on the jockey more than they're betting on the horse. Right. But because they don't really know what, what you have yet. 
And so uh, you have to really be able to leverage your human capital to raise that type of money, right? And so I've had to to work for people and get to know people and, and allow people to see what I'm capable of doing and build some really solid uh, relationships with people to get them to know, like, and trust my beliefs and trust my vision and, and, and my capabilities. And so if I didn't have the network that I have, there's no way that I would have been able to raise a million dollars of funding, regardless of how great of the, the idea is, right? Like you, you, at some point, you just have to be able to have some people that believe in you and that's willing to back you. Um, because when you're so early in the game, you don't have a whole lot of numbers to to support what it is that, that you're going after, right? Everybody, anybody can put together a pitch deck and and you know, some fancy charts and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but you really have to look at who's going to be running the business. And it, it, I really owe everything to the the meaningful relationships that, that I have and, and the strong network that I have to to being able to raise that raise, raise that cash. Because it's uh, it, it it is because I've had people. Uh, not only invest in me, but also make phone calls for me to say, hey, this guy that I really believe in is building this thing. Uh, I know you're looking to invest in different projects. You should really have a conversation with them. So uh, I, I attribute it all to that. I recently read a stat that 90% of businesses that get funding, the business model or strategy that they end up scaling with or growing with is different from the business plan that they initially pitch. So if when you said that phrase of, you know, they people bet on the jockey and not the horse, I think there's a lot of truth to that because the reality is most likely the business that you end up creating, if, if your business succeeds, it's probably going to be different than what is being what is being pitched, which I think is why investors and also even successful brands a lot of times rely on people that they already know, like, and trust. You mentioned a couple of times in our interview so far this phrase, meaningful connections. Mm -hmm. Can you give me more definition of, of what that means? Because like I've been to networking events and I've worked the room. I've gotten a bunch of business cards. I have stuffed them in my pockets. I have gone back to my office. I have unloaded them into my desk, possibly maybe scanned them and then added them to our email list or send stuff out. I mean, this is like early days in my business. Obviously, that's probably not a meaningful connection. Uh, what is a meaningful connection to you in context of networking? Yeah, so for, for me, it, it's just something that's relevant, right? So it's saying that, okay, I'm, uh, I'm looking to do these particular things. I have these particular goals based on where I am in my career right now, or I'm looking to establish these particular partnerships. And then being able to have conversations with people uh, who think in a similar way that I that I do, like a lot of people call that, you know, connecting with like minded people or, or whatever the case may be. And so that's what I really call uh, a meaningful connection is is connecting with someone uh, that you have something in common with, um, but that you can also be complimentary to that person and they can be complimentary uh, to you, uh, it, because I, I, I think um a meaningful relationship can't be one-sided, right? It, it, ha it has to be a mutually beneficial relationship. And those are the ones that I really consider to be, to be quote unquote meaningful is, is when both parties get something out of the relationship uh, based on wh where they are with their, uh, with their current journey and the projects that they're building and working on. Hey, what's up agency owners, Brent here. And I'm gonna rant for a quick second about Google Analytics. I don't know about you all, but I find that platform so difficult sometimes. 
I was in a meeting with a client and they asked some basic questions about their website and funnel performance. And we hadn't set up all of their goals just perfectly to answer every possible question. And we weren't able to give them that answer. And I really felt like we were flat footed. Like we had all this data, but we didn't actually have the insights that we need. A friend of mine sent me a link to a new tool called Oribi. And I have to say, I've been blown away at this new analytics platform how intuitive it is, the fact that you don't have to have a developer to set things up, the fact that data is retroactive and you can ask questions of the platform that you didn't set up ahead of time, which makes you look like a rock star with your clients because your clients are going to ask 10 questions. And then when you give them those answers, they're going to ask 10 more questions. So you want to be able to show your clients cool results, but you also want to show your clients really succinct insights when it comes to their marketing performance, their website performance, their campaigns, their traffic spends, all of that kind of stuff. So look, if you're interested to learn more, I definitely recommend checking out Oribi. Go to oribi.io, that's O-R-I-B-I.io. And because you're all amazing listeners of the Digital Agency Show, they're hooking us up 20% off your first three months. If you go to oribi.io slash yougurus or use the code yougurus on their website. So check them out, oribi.io. Let's get back to our program. How did networking and community building change with the pandemic? I, I mean, we, we know that in-person events kind of went away for the, for the most part. I know some events still kind of kept figuring out how to make it work. I also realized that we're hopefully coming to a place, at least in the United States, where maybe in the next three to six months, there's going to be some return to some normalcy. It seems like things are turning that way. But how did things change over the last year? Well, you, you you know, earlier you mentioned how um, investors are, are really betting on that jockey because uh, nine times out of 10 or, or whatever the stat is, mo- most times uh, the business model changes and it is not the exact same thing that, that you ended up pitching in the very beginning. And so you look at uh, the pandemic and you're like, that's a perfect example, right? Like who saw that coming? No one. I built a, a platform for people to be able to make uh, meaningful connections and improve the way networking is done uh, in person, right? Right before five months before the start of a global pandemic. Uh, and so uh, as a as a specific example, like uh, we partnered with Delta. So every Delta Sky Lounge in the country is listed on our app for people to check in and, and connect with people that are, that are there and is passing through. And, you know, all of the Delta Sky Lounge is closed once the uh, once the pandemic hit. And, you know, networking events was a huge partner, a component of our of our app, too. Like you would check in at a networking event and be able to see the virtual business card in real time of everybody who's there. And so we honestly we thought about quitting. Uh, We said, you know, all of our major clients are gone. Like, how are we supposed to be able to provide value? Uh, But we realized that people still wanted to grow their network and still had the desire to grow their network, even though they couldn't leave their homes, you know, work must uh, still, still be done. Business must, must still go on and things of that nature. And so we just started listing virtual spaces and virtual communities for people to be able to check in on, uh, on our app and connect with one another um, and different topics for people to be able to have conversations. And then also because of COVID, we started to list the clean and safety precautions so that people can feel a little bit more comfortable before going out to some of these in-person spaces and things of that nature. And so that's what's really been working for us. And, and it took a lot of hard work in, in trying to figure it out and, uh, and reinvent ourselves and all of those types of things. But, uh, you know, that's startup life and, and that's business. Do you think that that's a temporary, like you going in and doing virtual event spaces and helping people to continue to network in virtual spaces. 
I'm yeah. sure you all learned a ton, but is there, is there kind of like a little hope in the back of your mind of like, that was just something we were going to do for a year. And then we're going to get back to like the other stuff we were doing before, or is there, is there truly something innovative or different that you've been able to discover through that adversity over the last year? That's great. And I think I'm going to say both. I'm going to cheat. I know, I know, uh, you know, both, both this is probably the answer. That, that it's all good. Hope, we could, we could run with it today. And I, I would say here, here's where, here's where I'm going to say both on the, uh, on one hand, I was hoping that it wouldn't last a year. We were hoping that this would be like when, a, when the pandemic first hit, we were like, okay, this is something small that we're probably going to get under control and we're going to, you know, a month, uh, and we're going to be back to normal, right? We just, the world just needs to figure out what, what this thing is, right? Put a few precautions in place and we're, we're, we're going back to normal, right? Uh, it, it wasn't until about uh, three months in where I realized, oh, this is bad. And I don't know when this is going to end. And um, this is actually um, uh, horrifying for our business, right? And so so there, there's that on that part. On the second part, though, I do think that there's aspects and components of things that we've been able to build that's going to be here to stay that we would have never thought about had it not been for the pandemic and, and everything that, that um, we've been forced to innovate about. And I'll give you a very specific example. Uh, now on an everyday, this is a new feature we just dropped. Every day we send people what's called daily leads. So based on the profile that you create, we'll send you leads of different people that's in our community that we think that you should connect with, right? We probably would not have thought about doing that in a, in a pre-COVID world because we were just so focused on helping people connect in person. That, that But that's a great feature and people really love it. And so um, that's why I say both. I, I think we were really anxious to get back to normal much sooner than, than this has taken. Uh, but also I, I think it's made us a better company uh, and it's made us some, uh, have a more well-rounded platform altogether all because of the pandemic. Is there anything that you've found has worked well for people in connecting and networking virtually? I, I feel like there's, I mean, we've all been on the virtual summits. I've spoken at some, I've hosted some, you know, and you know, there's networking yeah. in Zoom meetings and things like that. And I think regardless of how you know much effort we put into those types of events to make them seem like virtual, right? I mean, you know, I don't take my screaming kids to like a business networking event, right? Where every, every time you're on a session, right? Somebody's got a crying or a barking dog or whatever. And it does, it's like, it's hard, you know, cause it takes you out of that zone. You know, like I, I was telling my wife this, like when I go to events, especially in-person events, I kind of go into this like submarine where I'm so, you know, between like getting on a plane or, or even going to a local event and driving in my car, right? There's like that buffer space between attending an event and not attending event. And obviously, mm -hmm. once you're actually at the event, I mean, we've all seen people who sit on their phones and stuff at the whole time that they're on the event. But like virtual events, man, like you can be like, and you're talking to somebody, you think you're connecting, and then you're like, I'm pretty sure they're actually looking at Slack right now. And then you hear like the bring, and then you're like, yep, they're looking at Slack. And, uh, and you know, whatever, that was kind of weird. But like, what? So, so we know that virtual events are different. Like, I don't think anybody can say that they're the same. I mean, I think a lot of people try to pitch their virtual events like they're as good or better than in person, but it's, it's hard. So what are some of the things that you've discovered with your focus on networking and community building that have been truly effective during 
the virtual age and the pandemic affected economy? Mm, I, I would I would say curation, right, and and intentionality, because to your point, there's so many distractions with us working from home, right? So so like especially if you've got kids and you've got pets and you like you know whatever the, the case may be, and and you've got all these meetings and and and, and slacks and all of the stuff, it's very easy to get distracted when when you're at home. And to your point, when you're at a networking event, you're just locked in on on being present and being in the moment. And oftentimes those people who are just on their phones, they're probably either introverted. And so they don't necessarily know how to put themselves out there and, and dive in on, into conversations with strangers and things of that nature. Or it could be a myriad of other things. Right. Uh, but one of the things that we've learned is that during this time, we got to allow people to connect on their own terms uh, based on things that really matter most to them. Uh, because there's so many distractions while you're at home. And so when you check into a uh, to a virtual space on, on playing site, you can literally put your phone down and then we only send you a notification when somebody who you're looking for based on your profile has also checked into the space. And then you can either follow that person, send them a direct message, or you can have conversations about specific topics on your own terms, right? And so we kind of take a little bit of a hands-off approach and not try to say, all right, you got to be talking to this particular person right now via Zoom for the next three minutes and hope you guys, hopefully you guys build a business together or whatever the case may be, or you hire some one of you hires the other one. Uh, so so we take a little bit of a more relaxed approach and allowing people to connect when they want uh, uh, ba- based on uh, who they want to connect with and the type of spaces that they want to connect with people at. Uh, and, I, and that's been working well for us. That's awesome. You know, I, you made me think of something and I probably take it for granted, but I think one of the places that I've probably cultivated some of the closest personal relationships outside of in-person events mm-hmm. is through Messenger mm-hmm. and you know SMS, right? Which is like, I mean, I know that you know, I mean, my iMessage or whatever today versus like SMS back in 1998 are like very different, right? When you're like hitting the button like three times to get to like your letter and stuff like that. Right. But I actually think, you know, I mean, there's been a lot to be said about like zoom and stuff like that, but I've actually forged some really interesting business relationships where we primarily communicate through messenger. And it's probably some of the relationships that I personally have. And I'm sure your app is probably, you know, very conducive to this type of thing where you know, you kind of have, it's, it's asynchronous, right? So it's not like, Hey, we got to show up at this event and be here at this time. Right. So the conversation kind of unfolds over like weeks or, you know, or, or days, right. And sometimes weeks. Right. But I found that that's been actually like a really rewarding thing during the pandemic is just kind of like, it's almost like having these like side chats with like some friends or business, you know, it's like the closest thing that I think I've gotten to where, you know, you're at a conference and you're talking out by the bagels or whatever, you know, it's kind of <laughs> right. like, you know, right. like, you know, sending right. back and forth like memes. Like I looked at the other day and I had a conversation with an entrepreneur friend of mine where I literally think it was, we were just, rep- we were just communicating in memes. It was like, he'd send a meme and I'd respond with a meme. And then he'd send a meme and I'd respond with a meme. Right. And that's like, that's something you can't really do in person, right. In the right. same way. Right. But it, in, in a virtual way, like it does allow us to create some kind of unique connection. And, and I, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts because I think that virtual, like one of the pitfalls 
is when we try to make something it's not. And mm. virtual meeting spaces are not in-person meeting spaces. And I've mm-hmm. seen these like really cool like virtual event platforms where they like you walk through like the 3D little virtual character and Vir- stuff yeah. walk into a virtual room and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah no, that's and I I, I kind of see it and I'm like, hey, I don't know. But like something as simple as iMessage, right? I mean, or just being able to kind of message back and forth with somebody I find has been really it's been something that's helped me get through the last year, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's I'm biased because that's how our, our platform is designed. But if I were to even step outside of that, I I do believe that a messenger chat style of networking is better for most people because you get to do it on your own terms. And because it's cool if you're doing it while you're in your pajamas and, and in a, you know, a, a sweatshirt with holes in it and whatever, you don't have to actually you know, stay attentive and look at the person and all of that kind of stuff. And you almost can have a little bit more time to think about what you want to say and respond in a particular way that you want to as well. Like you can type something out and be like, no, 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 delete that. And then then like do it again. And then it didn't go. And then kind of put your phone down and go get some work done. Check your Slack, check your email, you know, whatever the case may be, get a notification that you think is cool and then kind of come back to it. Right. And, and so I, I I like chat for those reasons uh, because it it, it, allow, it's, it feels like it's more tailored to the everyday busy remote worker uh, and and I think that that's something that we have learned. Uh, people have asked us like, oh, with Clubhouse, are you guys going to do audio now? Mm, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> like I think we're going to just stick stick to what we're doing. And if we wanted to eventually allow people to do like some audio chats that they can just drop into a space or whatever and kind of leave it there. Yeah. But like, we don't really dig the whole, like, you got to be here at this particular time and say this at this particular time and listen and all of that kind of stuff and try to have the conversation, say what you want to say, leave it, engage how you want to engage, do your thing and allow Plainsight to kind of like curate those connections between the type of people you want to have conversations with. That's been our mindset and that's been our, our focus. Uh, but and again, I'm biased, but I, I do think the more chat style of, of doing things for, for networking can be super, super useful. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. One topic I want us to cover today is around community because I know you've got a rich history in building community and helping people to connect uh, beyond just networking and feeling like they're a part of something. And I think that's really where, you know, we're networking, you know, you've you've got networking and where that transcends into community is where you have this like shared interest purpose together. There's a, Mm. there's a culture, right? It's not just Mm. like a after work, you know, networking group or whatever. Right. I mean, there's like some kind of community to it. Mm. What has changed with community in the last year, if anything? I mean, I think that there's been, a lot of people that have pushed into online communities, probably similar to your app 
or Facebook groups, obviously, are, are a massive thing, and there's some shortcomings of of that platform. But uh, you know, what is community to you, and and how can people leverage community to better themselves and their business? Yeah, I think that one of the things that happened with the pandemic is people started to realize, man, I need community now more than I ever did because it's very lonely and especially in entrepreneurship anyway. Uh, and then you throw in the pandemic and and you got all of these, like these issues and things that you're trying to get figured out and things that you're trying to power through and struggling with. Um, and that's when you really need community. And and what community means to me is a gathering of uh, people who have something in common, like some kind of common thread, some something that all ties everyone together. And then when those people come together, um, they can have rich, meaningful conversations with one another and build their network with, with one another. Uh, and they can support each other and they get each other. They can relate to each other. They can empathize with one another. We all want want to do business with someone who we who we like and someone who we can relate to. I think that's just human nature and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I think that that's where you really get community from. And, you know, over the past year with, with uh, stuff that we've seen with politics and the uh, civic unrest and all of that type of stuff, You've really started to see communities come together for good, communities come together for bad and all, all sorts of things, right? Uh, and, and either way, you have to kind of step back and, and take a look and, and appreciate where we are uh, with the rise of, of community. Uh, and then next is like try to think about, well, how can I leverage community for me to be able uh, to achieve the things that I want to achieve? Because I think if you can get community to, to rally around a certain problem that needs to be solved, um, then you have a really good chance at, at solving it, um, it uh, better than you do at like just going it alone or doing a bunch of Google researching and things of that nature. So there's an emotional piece that that kind of comes in with with community that you just can't duplicate on your own. It's you know I'll be honest, it's been hard this last year, both in terms of seeing people in our community, you know, go through real struggle. I mean, that was probably yeah. one of the biggest differences when we went from just making online courses to actually engaging our customers in a community like type level. Like you learn about people, you learn about their life, you learn about their family, you learn about uh, a lot of stuff. And it's, it's hard to see people kind of go through, you know, these uh, experiences. And I think as a community also over the last year, I think a lot of people started to, to hold a higher bar to the people that led their communities and they started to demand more from them in, in some cases. And I think that was it was difficult to go through to kind of like gauge, you know, where we fit into the, some of those conversations, which are hard conversations to have, right? Like we run like a business coaching community and you mentioned like the civil unrest. And I know that was, I mean, it was like everybody had to take a position or at least that it, at the time, that's what seemed like most, re, you know, relevant. Um, and, and there probably is some, some level of that. Are there any pitfalls of how to either, lead a community or engage in a community, like some things that you definitely encourage people just to, to not do or avoid um, if they're going to get, uh, if they're going to leverage community as something they're going to do in their business? Yeah, I would say th- things to, to avoid is one, not be, not to be too transactional. No, no one likes that. No one likes it. If you feel, if they get the sense that you're only a part of this community to, to just take and not give and not contribute. And you're, you're only here to try to, try to soak up and it's really only about you. Because if that's the case, just go do some paid advertisement somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, like so I, the first thing that pops in my head is not to be too transactional, not to be too pushy. We all, we all think that our, our business and our product and our services are, are the best thing since sliced bread. 
that that's fine. Uh, but but try to make sure that you're giving before you're asking. Um, it, it's usually like like a rule of thumb and say like, hey, I'm James. Uh, I can help people uh, get connected to resources or that are related to entrepreneurship. Um, I can help people with putting their pitch decks together. Uh, I can help people with uh, formalizing their, their their pitch and getting getting ready. Hit me up if anybody needs help with this. Also, I have an app that blah 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 blah. Right, like lead with whatever it is that you can give um, b- before you try to be too transactional and, and take. So that's the first thing that that I would say pops in my mind because if you have a community of givers, people who are really eager to try to help one another, then that's when you're going to have a really strong community. But if it's a community of takers where people are only there to try to make quick transactional um, type of um, uh, uh, type of relationships and transactions with, with people, uh, that that's that's not uh, there's no longevity in that. I love that. You know, I mean, I think that one of our core values at you gurus is to help first, and I think that that's so in alignment with that idea of giving value, leading with value before you're asking for anything in return. If you ever ask, right? I mean, I think a lot of times the people that give the most are the ones that get the most, not because they're asking for it, but just because. They're they're top of mind with people, and people feel like, wow, that person has built up a lot of trust. Yeah, now, yeah. now now people are coming to you because they they feel like they trust you for for these particular things, and people want that, and that's how you, that's how you grow your network in a, in a really authentic way. Awesome, dude, James. This has been so valuable. I think talking about community, talking about networking, the things that are working that aren't working for people, how things have changed so much in the last year, and while. There's certain things that might start to get back to normal. I think we probably have a long transition phase. Maybe it won't be a year, but I think that people will still, they'll take some time to to recalibrate back to their old habits if they adopt some of those at all. So this has been super valuable for us. Dude, are you ready for our lightning round? Let's go. I'm ready. All right, here we go. What is the best advice you've ever received? Jump. Don't, don't wait. Um, j- just go uh, because it's not, you shouldn't ask yourself, what if you fail? You should ask yourself, what if you fly? Uh, so, so, so just jump. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Taking my mental health seriously. I have a strong meditation practice. I try to make sure that I meditate every day, try to stay fit and things of that nature. And that just gives me so much more energy and peace of mind, especially when, when things are really tough. What tool internet resource or app would you recommend for our listeners besides your own and uh, and why? Hmm. I would say I really like Twitter. Twitter's awesome. Um, it's just like a big, it's like a, it's, it's like a big, uh, like mixer or cocktail party. And everybody's had like a, all these different conversations about all this different kind of stuff. So I, I really enjoy Twitter. You get a good mix of comedy uh, in work and sports and everything in, in between. So I, I would say Twitter for sure. What book could you recommend and why? The Motivation Manifesto. It, it, it has been uh, tremendous for me in unlocking like my true purpose uh, and allowing me to, to realize that uh, the sky is truly li- the limit if we want it to be. Awesome. We will link out to the Motivation Manifesto Twitter and lots of other takeaways, nuggets from James' interview over at the YouGurus show notes page. Go to yougurus.com slash podcast. If you listen to this week of, you'll see James's picture right up there at the top. 
Click on that guy and you're going to see all sorts of great nuggets and takeaways organized for your enjoyment. James, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, sure. On all social links, uh, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, whatever, I wrote The Hustle. You'll be able to see me there uh, on Plain Sight. Uh, follow me there as well. Uh, just search Plain Sight CEO. And yeah. Very cool. Well, we will link out to all of your social. I love that handle that you have for all of your social. Uh, I believe your website is also plainsight, S-I-G-H-T dot app dot A-P-P. Uh, we will link out to your app. Give that a plug. You guys want to network. If you want to connect with more people out there, try out a new platform and see what it's all about. Check out Plain Sight. Uh, so we'll link out to that. We'll link out to all your social profiles, all that good stuff at our show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. James, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. I uh, had, had a lot of fun and, and you're a great host. I appreciate that. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Oh,